0: Hello, and welcome to the On-Premise IT Roundtable, the only podcast that dares to be both on topic and on location. My name is Tom Hollingsworth. I'm a part of Gestalt IT, and each episode, we bring you great discussions with luminaries in the IT industry. Today, we're shining a spotlight on security, and I'd like to take a moment for our guests to introduce themselves before we jump into the premise of today's episode, starting with JJ. JJ.
1: Hey, everybody. Jennifer Manella, our JJ with Caroline Advanced Digital. I manage um, engineering and security here. And if you're looking for me online, you can find me at JJX on Twitter.
2: Hey, everybody. This is Larry Smith. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Ellie Smith JR. Um, I'm a little bit all over the place, but here we are going to have some fun with security today.
3: Hi, I'm Ben Greenbaum. I'm with Cisco. You can find me online at Second Sight S E C I N T S I G H T, and at Cisco, I'm an engineering and marketing lead. Happy to be here. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, thank you all for joining us today. Let's dive into the topic. Um, If you are someone that works in security, you've probably been overwhelmed with acronyms over the years. It seems like uh, the alphabet soup of all things security is running out of letters. We've seen the seam, we've seen SOAR, we've seen a number of things that have DR somewhere in the name, but one of the newest terms that's been coined is XDR. And that is extended detection and response. What is it? Is it an attempt to boil the ocean? Is it a holistic view of everything you could ever possibly need to know about security? And does it cover enough to be able to say for a fact that it is everything that you need to know. Well, we're a little bit skeptical around here at Gestalt IT, so the premise for today's episode is that XDR isn't quite enough to meet all of your security needs. Now, before you guys run off to Google to figure out exactly what XDR is, I thought I'd let our guest from Cisco, Mr. Ben Greenbaum, kind of give us an overview of what XDR is, um, where it's come from, and how it integrates with some of those other acronyms that we've heard in the past. So, Ben, why don't you let us know, what is XDR exactly?
3: sure thanks tom as you said it's the latest in a long string of acronyms in the security industry we've got sim we've got soar we've got timp we've got edr and we had av and now we have xdr well edr was the next generation in many ways of antivirus edr was endpoint detection and response and xdr is another approach to securing those endpoints as well as every other part of the network by bringing in holistically information and detections from all different sensor types on your network. And it can stand for extended detection and response, but it can also stand for extensible detection and response, where you can add additional information sources as you get any additional information source available to you, whether that's internal local sightings of things that have happened on your network, or whether it's cloud sightings of things that have happened in your part of the cloud, or whether it's global threat intelligence that was gathered from organizations that you're not even part of, all of those can become parts of an extensible detection and response strategy. And so because of that, I'm going to come down on the side of XDR is enough because by definition, it includes everything.
0: Well, I, I I get that. And and that's kind of one of the things that we see a lot is whatever the newest thing that comes out, obviously is everything we know now. So in a way, it's almost encapsulating all of the pieces that we've, heard about in the past and Larry when we were doing the pre-show for this you brought up the fact you were like trying to discover well what exactly is in this and you said well does it include snort intrusion detection and prevention systems and we're like yeah yeah it kind of does but you know in your experience Larry is there a lot that could be involved in quote-unquote everything in security?
2: Yeah I mean absolutely Um, you know coming to mind kind of like what we talked about before and like you brought up Tom is that, you know, as we were talking about XDR, you know, me being new to I hadn't heard that term XDR. What does it mean? Um, but as we start talking about it, it does bring things up like Snort, bro IDS, things like that, some of these other elements that I can think of, you know, even from an endpoint detection perspective, from an agent, what does it mean in the cloud? What does it mean when I deploy, you know, on-prem, you know, public, et cetera, et cetera? You know, all those different things. It does sound like Ben was saying, it sounds like it's trying to be everything. I'd really like to understand how does that work? I mean, what does it look like? Is it just a tap? Is it a flow? I mean, what does it look like from that perspective?
0: Those are all really good questions. We we tend to get down into the mechanics and things here at Gestalt IT, and you know how do we make all these pieces work together? Um, I know for a fact that a lot of companies who resell these uh, solutions and these services, kind of like the ones that JJ has worked for, they have to do a really good job of gluing these disparate parts together. So JJ, maybe from your perspective, having run these teams for a while, is Collectively lumping all of this together under one new acronym, does it really tell people what's involved in getting all of these services up and running and necessarily operating at peak uh, performance on your enterprise uh, system?
1: Well, I, you know, there's there's always danger when we come up with a new a new term that's kind of like a a name for an aggregate of a bunch of other stuff that we already have mushed together into something. Um, SASE is a great example, right? Like we we kind of took Three, four, five four five different different concepts. And we said, hey, when you implement these things together, um, that constitutes a, a SASE strategy. And I, I think we're hitting the same thing with, you know, XDR and whatever the acronym du jour will be tomorrow, same thing. Um, So it's challenging because what we're kind of saying, I think, is, you know, we we had endpoint stuff. We have what's typically like IDS IPS. Um, We have the analytics engines, maybe some parsing. Um, What I haven't heard about, though, is how easy this is with the people. So I'm going to argue immediately that it doesn't matter how many tools we have if we don't have the people that know how to ingest that information and do something with it. And I've seen, you know, various dashboards on XDR stuff, and it's still a lot. So, you know, I don't think this is this is ever. I don't think there's ever a silver bullet. I'm I'm curious. Uh, I want to hear. I want to hear Ben argue the point about how this is going to streamline the people problem.
3: It's interesting that you bring that up because it's a very valid point, and it's one that we've had decent success with. So, Cisco's XDR strategy kind of revolves around SecureX, our platform approach to using the Cisco security and a number of third-party security tools that are SecureX compliant. And what we found is that organizations that are using SecureX are actually telling us my teams work better together now because they all have access to the same tools. They all have access to the same information. And so a good platform approach because it facilitates that inter-team communication, those inter-team operations can assist with that problem. And because it lets you use The technologies that you have in a more efficient, more streamlined fashion, you can get more done with the same amount of people, which covers a large part of the other people problem, which is that we usually don't have enough of them in any organization. Now, they can all use the technology they've already got more effectively and more efficiently, which allows them to get more done with the people they've already got. Ben, it does
0: sound a little bit like what you're running into is you're trying to extend the ability of a person to understand massive amounts of data and perform analytics on it without increasing their ability to ingest this data. Now, I've done a lot of research in the last few years about using things like machine learning and AI to surface alerts and to uh, point out uh, connections between different things that basically you can't get from drinking from say a logging fire hose, or you know from trying to understand how policy pieces work together. Are you saying that SecureX has the ability to kind of impl- apply this higher level intelligence to the analytics that we're getting and say you really need to be paying attention to this failed VPN auth right here because it doesn't normally pop up at 3:35 in the morning on a Sunday?
3: To an extent, SecureX is in many ways, um, you know, the, the, the thing that's greater than the sum of just all the parts, but it's all the parts as well. Uh, SecureX is the glue that binds them all together, to, to, uh, to, to use that um, analogy. Um, we're not doing a lot of the detection inside SecureX. We're taking the detections that have been done by all the component sensor technologies, and not even bringing them all together. We're not a SIM, we're not a big data pile solution. We're letting every technology handle their own data and their own detections in the way that's already been successful for them, right? And then we're asking specific questions of those data, you know, distributed data ponds, uh, if you will. Have you seen this IP? Have you seen this URL? Have you seen this file hash? And from those specific, you know, almost surgical questions, we can easily piece together a mental model for our analyst, our human analyst, of what exactly happened in this incident. Now, because we have the ability to import specific incidents into SecureX, we can then do some analysis, and yes, some AI, some machine learning-based tools can be deployed on the collection of those higher priority, already filtered incidents at the SecureX layer. But as well, we can talk to any kind of data pond So we can have a SIM that's already doing analytics. We can have Cisco's own security services exchange, which is already doing analytics on the less filtered, more base level detections that are done by our different technologies, at different parts in our customer deployments. So that was a really long answer, but it boils down to yes, but maybe not in the way that you were envisioning.
2: Um, So so I spent a little bit of time a few years back working with Tetration and things like that. Um, What I'm hearing that from a data lake or data pond perspective, um, I assume that X doesn't replace tetration, but it augments tetration to where we can get a connection via Kafka or something like that, not to go too far down in the weeds, but I can consume all of those, um, all, the in, in, um, all the alerts and all of those analytics and see it these, all the different things I have access to from a tetration perspective in X, or am I not even on the right page there?
3: You're exactly on the right page. Um, I, that that is the playbook right there. We are not replacing any individual products. We're allowing the products to work better together for you, and to allow you to work better together with the products, not individually even, but as a set. So you've got titration. Um, you know, you've got an NGFW. You've got Umbrella. You've got AMP for endpoints. You've got all these things, and you've learned to use each one of those things independently. Well, what if you could hook them all up to the same wagon and use the wagon? Gotcha to use a really low-tech example
2: yeah no that makes sense because you know obviously you're using tetration in the cloud so kubernetes integrations you know as people get into more containers and get visibility into those workflows um, you've got you've got that covered from from X because it's just a means to additional an, an additional entry point to get bigger, better visibility if you will
3: right and we're in a great position to be able to deliver this because we've got products that sit at all those different layers we've got dns security we've got endpoint security we've got edge security we've got cloud security in a number of different ways we've got identity management and protection and we've been working on this platform approach for a couple of years before xdr was even an acronym that was you know thrust upon the world um these acronyms don't invent solutions typically they are generated to describe solutions and so XDR was in large part rolled out as a concept as a, as an acronym to describe what we'd already been working on.
1: So Ben, I I want to <laughs> I want to beat this horse a little bit more because what I think I just heard you say was I'm going back to the people thing because what I think I just heard you say is we have all these tools, we have these applications, we have SIM, we have whatever else we've been doing for security and the environment and now we're adding on to it. Um, and, and what I'm hearing is that there's some, you know, magic Kool-Aid sauce or something um, going on that, that's gonna suddenly make kumbaya moments with sock and knock teams and, and give them one, one, one room to powwow in and one dashboard to use. So I'm kind of curious, like, uh, tell me about that. And then I guess the, the question around that is then I think there, there's gonna be a specific type of um, size you know either organization size or team size how big is your sock knock um, to, to do this or or maybe a posture target how how mature is an organization so from from your perspective and if you want to speak it speak to that from you know cisco's standpoint that's fine but i'm just kind of curious where do you see this fitting in that it's additive in a or or maybe not additive to in the workload
3: That was quite a bit. Uh, Tom, I'm going to ask you to help keep me honest and make sure I actually address all of those disparate points. But I will do my best. So first off, um, the Kool-Aid secret sauce. I'm going to run right to my test kitchen and see how that pans out. Um, But I've seen it. I've literally seen this work where, okay, there's two important parts, I guess three, of extended detection and response. I'm going to talk about the detection and the response parts. Right now, in many organizations, especially larger organizations, If an analyst needs to quickly modify a firewall rule to prevent a a known threat from having access, they may have to talk to the firewall team who owns the firewall. They've got their flag in the firewall. Your analyst may need to log a ticket that has an SLA between like six and 24 hours before somebody looks at that ticket and says okay i i will deign you this request i will grant upon you the block rule which you have requested um and you know your your mean time to resolve is growing all the time right your enemy dwell time is increasing with every minute that you wait for this ticket to get processed what if your analyst could just quickly block an ip in the firewall without having to log a ticket that's the that's the kumbaya kool-aid sauce right there um that's the response side of it on the detection side what if your email me, security team i'm going
1: i'm going to pause you there for a second so what if the analyst isn't really understanding what the impact of that is because in, in typically in a large organization right there's a, there's a change management process especially for a firewall block or an allow rule so how does this play in to those workflows
3: we can also actually build approval into those workflows so that some senior analyst or perhaps even the firewall team gets an alert on their device with a button that says approve or decline this request. So it's more immediate, but you can still have that human oversight.
2: Can this integrate with things like like CSO? Isn't it yes? Like the automation platforms and things like that um, to where kind of those workflows where you have those triggers. And I know you're going to say yes, but I just want to throw it out because it's like, you know building up in my head kind of how this looks is if i detect these things from x can i send those workflows to an orchestration engine outside that can take those proper measures on firewalls maybe i've got an aci fabric or something like that that i can do that integration and talk to an apic and maybe do some deeper drilling or maybe even um you know basically quarantine a thing and take deeper analytics and things like that so I'll stop there because I don't want to go too far, but I just wanted to throw that out there.
3: Well, I'm going to surprise you. You're expecting me to say yes, and I'm not going to say yes. I'm going to say even better, Securex includes an orchestration engine of our own. Um, And so you can do all of this natively in the platform. Again, this isn't an add-on product you have to buy. Access to Securex and everything it includes comes for free with the licensing of any Securex capable Cisco product. So if you've got access to Securex at all, for free. And you've also got access to the orchestration engine for free, which can do, you know, multiple kinds of, we've got dozens and dozens of Cisco and third-party products that you can use via orchestration. And in fact, orchestration has built-in handlers for default protocols like HTTP, you know, FTP, you can send emails out of it. Um, if anything's got a RESTful API, you can use it in orchestration, never mind the dozens of built-in integrations that we've got in the orchestration engine as well. But if you already have your own orchestration automation engine, chances are it does have a RESTful API, so you yeah. can, in fact, use it for our own orchestration engine as well if you want to take that two-tiered approach, which leads me back to JJ's, I think, final question of what size and what maturity level of organization is Securex really good for? Um, and the answer to that is probably more expected, which is all of them, because... The junior organization, and when I say junior, I'm talking like junior on the commercial enterprise scale, okay? So maybe you don't have a dedicated security analyst, but you've at least got somebody who's trying. Maybe you don't have a dedicated SOC, but it's like understood to be part of somebody's job that they do security things. So at that level of maturity, we can already start to help. If you've got one qualifying Cisco security products and a couple other third-party products, you can use them together in SecureX if they're supported third-party products, obviously, but you get the benefit of additional intelligence sources. You get the benefit of that graph, like literally a picture we paint for you on the screen of what happened in an incident, you know, arrows and this file came in this email to this person. Um, You get the benefit of all of that, that your product probably doesn't provide natively. So our junior customers, and I hate to even use that terminology, but everybody knows what I mean, get benefit out of being helped up that maturity ladder, right? You get one rung up. Oh, now I have, this, you know, diagram that shows me what happened. Now I have access to, you know, enterprise scale, global threat intelligence that I didn't have before I hooked up SecureX. All the way up to, you know, our mid-tier customers getting boosted up to a more senior level of maturity. And our senior customers, well, honestly, they already had a SOAR, they already had a SIM, many of them already had a Timp, they already had all the things, but we're able to help them get more done with those things because they can leverage them in a coordinated fashion. Again, hooking everything up to the same wagon and driving the wagon instead of trying to drive each individual horse. So at every level on that maturity scale and at every size of customer, we're seeing benefits. They're just a little bit different depending on who and where that customer is in their trajectory.
1: Okay. Can I ask, um, and I'm, I'm going to, uh, if you want to if you want to give Cisco product names, that's fine. But if you'll kind of give me the functional name of, of what something is or does, that would be awesome for those of us that aren't, aren't necessarily familiar with the whole portfolio. So you're kind of talking about, um, uh, Cisco Security or SecureX enabled products. Can you kind of explain the ecosystem? So, what, what are, and I don't mean like nitty gritty details, but what, what are the communications? How are these things talking? What are they doing with each other?
3: Um, and it's it's a great question. It's a little bit different on a per product basis, but uh, to, to to skip to the answer, Larry expected the answer is yes. Uh, if the question is, is Cisco Security blank product? SecureX compatible? The answer is yes, eventually. So we're already well on the road. We've got Cisco's endpoint security product. We've got our DNS security product. We've got our firewall products. We've got our email and web security products. We've got Duo. All of those are already, and some others, StealthWatch. All of those are already uh, SecureX capable. Everything else is on that list and it's coming. And the way that these things communicate with SecureX is different depending on the realities and the nature of the product and what it does and how it already communicates. So, for example, the firewalls upload select events to an intermediary layer called Security Services Exchange. I don't want to get too much into the details, but it's like Cloud Big Data Lake. You can think of it that way. And then that's is what SecureX can ask questions of in the course of an investigation. And it's also what populates the incident manager in SecureX with those filtered pre triaged incidents that can then be leveraged in SecureX's built in kind of ticket management system. Okay, so that's one example. Other examples go through SSC as a proxy. So your email security appliance that's sitting in your environment isn't opened up to the internet so the SecureX can ask it questions but it does open a tunnel when it boots up and it sits there and waits for questions from SecureX specifically. So it's all handled client side that these these connections are maintained and managed on the client side on your premises, but they're allowed to communicate with SecureX, which is a, is a cloud-based solution. I know that's an important distinction for some customers, but SecureX does live in the cloud. It's cloud native, which means it's accessible to your working from home security engineers that everyone's got right now, um, wherever they may be on the planet, wherever they may be experiencing lockdown from, they have access to SecureX and all of those features because it is cloud-based. But it does mean that your on-premise devices need to be able to communicate to it. And that can be done either through that intermediary data layer or through these proxy connections. Of course, cloud-to-cloud communications are, are, I don't wanna say they're easy because I'll offend half the IT planet if I say that, but they're fairly straightforward. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, and, and so your cloud solutions that you may already have, they are able to communicate to SecureX as well. The overall architecture is a federated data structure where like I said at the beginning, every product maintains its own data. Like we didn't, we, we didn't buy the companies that made these products or we didn't develop these products in house because we thought they handled their own data poorly. Let's let them keep doing what worked and we'll ask specific questions when they have them, and then receive their answers. So it's all done over APIs, and it's multiple little data ponds all being, you know, fished in a coordinated fashion.
2: Oh, that's good. So, so real quick, I, I now that you were talking about acronyms, I said CSO obviously because thinking CSO, I believe I meant NSO, was what I was actually thinking of um, from a Cisco automation perspective. Um, but we're we're you know obviously we talked about tetration. Um, think about firewalls. So so I don't need to do things like send syslog data back to SecureX or any XDR or anything like that. Um, or can I, if if that's the case? And also, I want to add one more thing. And I don't know that it's important. You said cloud-based. What about in scenarios where I've got a customer, they say, yeah, that sounds great, but I don't want cloud-based solutions. But I do have a APIC. I have an ACI Fabric that I can run some apps on? Because it's cloud native, obviously it's a container. Can I run it as an APIC app on an ACI fabric or is there no value?
3: Uh, so that's a couple of things. First off, in some cases you would literally be sending syslog data, older firewall versions, That's how they communicate with that intermediary data cloud. I was talking about SSE is that they send syslog data up to SSE, um, newer firewalls send the data up to SSE over a different protocol, but that's the only integration that actually does like bulk, uh, data shipping, to to any kind of cloud storage, everything else is done primarily by copying and pasting API keys, by you know registering your device, and then it, with the Cisco Cloud, and then in SecureX saying I want that device to be you know talking to SecureX. It's mostly API based integrations, but you did call out the one exception uh, of the firewalls, which is sending bulk data. Um, what was the next question? Oh yeah, if somebody doesn't want to run it in the cloud, it doesn't work. Okay, so that is one. Like if we have customers who are completely cloud averse and they just won't. Securex is, and at Not this point, weird. is intended to remain a cloud native solution.
2: Good, good answer. I like it.
1: <laughs> well, we've seen so many of the, you know, the benefits of the the AI and the machine learning that happen, right, in in that environment that we can't do on prem. Um, so, back to poking a little bit, because what you describe between SSE and and Being in the cloud, to me, sounds like a kind of glorified cloud-hosted SOAR product. So what differentiates it from from any any standard SOAR other than it has maybe some learning capabilities being that it's cloud-hosted?
3: It sounded like a typical SIM or SOAR because we were talking specifically about the firewall integration, I think. Um, I mean, we do offer orchestration and automation features. We do offer data aggregation and analysis features. We offer API aggregation features, um, which is more SOAR like, I guess, than anything else. But we also offer analysis tools. We also offer like out-of-the-box integrations with, like I said, dozens and dozens of different Cisco and third-party products, which you won't get when you pay money, by the way, for a SOAR solution. So you want the quickest and cheapest uh, differentiator between SOAR and, and SecureX. You don't get SOAR for free, typically. And it's not easy to set up out of the box, typically. And so there's a number of different check boxes where we're a little bit different than a SOAR, where we offer a little bit more than a SOAR. You add those all together, and I, I'm fully confident saying that we're quite a bit different from a SOAR and we offer quite a bit that SOARs typically don't.
0: All right, so it sounds like through all of the discussion that we've been having and, and through the expertise of, of three wonderful people in the community, what we figured out is that there are a lot of things that go into building XDR. And it's not a SKU that you can order from some uh, vendor or from some online organization. You can't just walk in and go, yes, please. I would like one XDR and make it work. Um, There's a lot of component pieces that all need to be able to talk to each other. You need to get people in the organization to be able to talk to each other. And maybe the solution is to give them common tool sets with common capabilities that allow them to see everything they want to see And also to agree on what needs to be done so that there isn't this lag time between seeing that something needs to be taken care of, getting it taken care of, and then finding out if that actually fixed the problem that you're working with. That's why you need an integrated solution. And maybe the... Choosing of the term XDR was not so much about creating a new product category as about recognizing leaders in the industry who are trying to bring all of these things together so that we're no longer in this strange archipelago of security, but in fact, we're one united nation of making sure that everything is safe, secure, and operational. Now, Ben, I know that we mentioned Cisco and SecureX quite a bit on this call. If people want to learn a little bit more about what SecureX entails and, and how it can help benefit their networks, uh, what's a great place for people to go to learn that?
3: The first place I would recommend is cisco.com go SecureX.
0: All right. And we'll make sure that we link that in the show notes for anybody who's uh, reading this blog post as they're following along with the podcast. Um, I want to thank our friends from uh, the community. I also want to thank Ben from Cisco for joining us today and helping us shine a spotlight on all things that are XDR. If you want to catch other episodes of this podcast, please make sure you head over to gestaltit.com podcast, where you can always find the latest episode. You can also subscribe to us in your favorite podcast application of choice and an iTunes. If you do that, please make sure you leave us a review and a rating that really helps people find interesting topics and helps us reach new audiences that might be curious about things like XDR. So for myself, Tom Hollingsworth, for the great luminaries in our community and for everyone else involved in the assembly of this podcast, thank you very much for tuning in and stay tuned for more great content headed your way.